0: And on the sixth day, I smiled, I put everything away, did a final review of my notes, knew it had been one of the best weeks I'd ever had, thanked family for the space and time, and then we went on to spend some time together. Uh, It was a miraculous week of working on my business, not in my business, not for my business.
1: Episode 225, The Power of Working... On your business. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With more than 2.9 million listens and downloads, and growing every week, this is the Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. Jason, I've got a, a confession to make. So, yes. This afternoon, we're recording this on a Monday, uh, and as I was thinking, oh, you know what? I have not booked any of my travel. For the Jason <laughs> certification summit. Before I jump on the phone with Jason, I'm going to get that done. So we are at the recording of this podcast. I got the note. You're 34 days away from your hotel reservation in Tiburon, California.
0: (laughs) That's exactly right. We're a little bit more than four weeks away. It's it's all pretty exciting. So let me give you an update. Uh, First of all, I'm not delusional. Uh, I uh, I would like to think that everybody in the world listens to this podcast every single week. Well, of course, that's not the case. And I got an email last week from somebody from Asia saying, "Oh my God, I am a faithful listener, but I guess I've been away for a while, and I just heard about the summit on an earlier podcast, and you've got." to let me in, I've got, got, I've got to be part of it, and here's my story, and here's who I am, and uh, you know, I caved, and I said, of course. So uh, here's what the summit is, very briefly, for those of you listening or becoming familiar with it for the first time. Uh, on March 23rd, 24th, and 25th, in my small, beautiful, idyllic little village in Northern California, right across the bay from San Francisco, uh, I will be hosting the first ever Jason Jennings Certification Summit. Over a course of three days, a very intense study and work, uh, you will learn everything that I have been humbled to learn and fortunate to learn in my screening and study of 220,000 companies, eight bestselling books, 1,200 keynote speeches, six to 700 half-day and full-day workshops around the world. You'll learn about podcasts. You'll learn about books. You'll, you'll learn about blogs. You're, at, at the end of three days, you're going to know everything that I know, and you're going to become certified to train, to speak, uh, to consult in my name. there's no charge. There's no charge. It's a labor of love. Um, we've had about more than 500 people raise their hand. Uh, the the maximum capacity is about 50. I I think we're running at about 57 right now. Uh, I do believe that a couple of people will probably drop off. I I just think that's the way of the world. And so if you're hearing for this for the first time, you can go to my website, you can learn some more details, but, um, don't do it just as an inquiry. If you feel called to be part of something like this, um, we would find room at the table for you. I mean, that's just who we are.
1: Hmm. Well, I am excited. So I, I'm committed. My travel is booked. We're ready to go. All right. All we're right. ready to go. Now, speaking of travel, I know you're always on the road, mostly in an airplane, but you were actually literally on the road list this last week. And when we chatted at the end, uh, after recording the most previous podcast, I honestly thought you were going on vacation, but that's not necessarily the case. No, really no not at
0: all. But uh, all right. Well, the family went on vacation. I, uh, I spent uh, uh, eight hours a day uh, being alone, doing my thing and thinking. And so here's the story. You know, from the time I get started, uh, when I wake up at 430, quarter to five in the morning, I have my private half hour for me. And we've talked about that before. Um, my giving thanks and my thinking about the day and the big things I want to accomplish until I get home after the gym at six o'clock. Uh, it's, it's a 10, 11 hour workday. I love it. I'm not complaining, but I am cruising and moving nonstop. And a couple of months ago, I realized it had been a long time since I'd invested time working on my business instead of working in my business or for my business. And so I remembered a story I wrote about in the book, It's Not the Big That Eat the Small, It's the Fast That Eat the Slow, based on something that happened in my head of research, Lawrence Houghton and I, when we were starting our careers 30 years ago, 30 years ago uh, at a conference in Asia. And uh, after our speeches, uh, we had the opportunity to meet with a lot of the attendees privately for an hour. And we were talking to a man from Australia, and uh, picture this in australia 30 years ago he was in the antenna business that's how people got their television signals in australia 30 years ago and he had a big booming business but all of a sudden television uh was becoming completely deregulated Uh, cable satellite were on the horizon and he knew the business uh, was going to be a thing of the past but he was so busy trying to save his antenna business and thinking about his antenna business that he'd never worked on his antenna business. And during the process of the conversation, uh, we said, well, what else is happening in the cities you're in? And he said, ah, there's cities. I mean, you know, there's rising crime rates. I mean, there's this and there's that. And I I said, well, tell me a little bit about the rising crime rates. He said, you know, we never used to have this problem, but there's hooligans all over the places, houses getting broken into. And I said, have you ever considered uh, getting the burglar alarm business? It was like he was a stunned mullet. He had never thought about it. He had this huge fleet of vehicles. He had this huge cadre of people. I mean, he had all the infrastructure and in a very short order of time, he had recast himself in the burglar alarm business and went on to become uh, or to build just a huge company. So what I did is I needed some of that time for me. So what I did is I flew home from a speech in Phoenix, Arizona, which I have to tell you about sometime because it was one of the most, one of the neatest events that I've ever had. I'm going to be talking to the CEO this week. I want to get permission to talk about it because it was uh, uh, one of the most impactful events I've ever seen in my life. I loaded everybody up in the SUV, did an eight hour drive to Palm Springs, California, where we'd run in a great big house with a pool and spa and lots of space. And here was my promise. My promise was that I'd take care of breakfast every day because I love to cook and i do dinner every evening. But I needed eight hours a day for myself to work on my business, not in my business or for my business. So my plan was to spend a couple of hours in the morning working on the agenda for the upcoming summit and then four to six hours a day just thinking about things, books, speeches, teaching, how to become better at what I do, how to make a better impact. So let me tell you the experience or what happened uh, during the week. So the first day I was surrounded with lots of pads and paper and sketch pads and different colored pens and I had all the previous books I'd written and I mean I was all set to go up uh, poolside under an umbrella and uh, god it was a horrible day it was a horrible day. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I doodled. I made notes. I reread books. Uh, and it was apparent that I needed to decompress. And I kept thinking, geez, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. I'm not getting any huge ideas. God, where are you? What about the muse on my shoulder? And then I then I got tempted. Well, you know, if no ideas are coming, maybe you better do some emails. And I thought, no, I can't do that. I promise not to do that. Nope, 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 nope. Well, maybe I'll go for a swim. Nope, nope, no, nope, nope, nope. You promised not to do that. Just." suffer through, buddy. And, And that was the story of my first day. It was a miserable first day trying to work on my business instead of for my business. The second day, all of a sudden, lots of ideas started popping. But by day's end, I had one, maybe two possible keepers. But here's the magic. The third day, out of the blue, when I wasn't even thinking about the summit, I had a huge idea about the agenda that's going to make it so much better. The fourth day, when I wasn't even thinking about the new book, I had a potentially huge idea about the voice for the book. Is the voice going to be me or is the voice going to be somebody else? More about that later. The fifth day, I started making copious notes, started putting meat in the bones of all the ideas, started calling people to ask them what they thought and, and gain their input. And on the sixth day, I smiled, I put everything away, did a final review of my notes, knew it had been one of the best weeks I'd ever had, thanked family for the space and time, and then we went on to spend some time together. Uh, It was a miraculous week of working on my business, not in my business, not for my business. I think I learned eight valuable lessons. And by the way, we talked about this um, on podcast number 70, you know, 150 podcasts ago or something. But number one, Uh, it's not going to happen at at your office or in your home. There are just simply too many distractions, too many things that can get in the way. So number one, if you're going to work, on your business, you have to get away. Uh, travel two towns over and check into a hotel in the suburbs and just say, I'm going to check email once early in the morning like I did, and I'm going to talk to my assistant uh, once a day like I did, but that's it. Number two, I'm really clear now that you should not have an agenda. Just a lot of issues just a lot of potential scenarios just a lot of questions not i'm going to think about this from 8 until 9 i'm going to think about that from 9 until 10 i'm going to work on this from 11 until 2 i'm uh, i don't think so number 3 you need lots of paper and different colored pens i came home with some stuff that's suitable for framing i really believe that it started out as doodles but there's notes and there's diagrams and there's charts but i mean it's it's there uh number 4 no distractions and this is a tough one. And I'm proud to tell you, Dale, I won. I won. No distractions. You can't allow yourself to take other phone calls. You can't allow yourself to go in and answer a couple of emails because the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So you just can't have distractions. Number five, just keep, remind, stay focused, reminding, remind yourself of why you're there and what the purpose is. Uh, number six. I got clear on this one last week too. No idea is a bad idea until it is. And I can't even explain that anymore. I had some wild ideas last week. I thought they were wonderful. And then I realized what a dumb idea. So no idea is a bad idea. They're all worthy of spending some time on until it is, until it presents itself as being something that's not going to work. Number seven, consider all kinds of scenarios. And when I talk to you about considering all kinds of scenarios, let me tell you a personal story about my speaking business. Back in uh, 2008, um, for anybody who can remember, we were entering the Great Recession. And what I remember most was the giddiness uh, and the delightfulness of all the commentators on CNN, Fox, NBC, CNBC, as they were sitting there counting the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the stock market value just plummet hour by hour and day by day. And they were absolutely loving it. I mean, they were like the grim reaper coming to visit. And I thought, look, this thing could be absolutely horrible. We had just built this huge log and stone lodge in a private lake, lots of obligations, lots of plans, but I didn't want my business to go away. And that's when I thought, you know what, what, what am I going to do? And I thought, so I looked at the scenario. The number of speeches were going to go away. The number of conferences were going to go away dramatically. So what am I going to do? And my scenario planning said this. People are going to stop buying speeches. No more are they be paying huge money for somebody to come in, show up five minutes before the speech, shake a couple of hands, get on stage, do an hour long speech, and leave. Because that pretty much had been the model, and I was convinced they were going to buy an event. And that's when I really began customizing every speech so every audience knew that I was talking just to them. And everybody who listens to this podcast know how much time I put in every speech. I was going to go to their cocktail party the night before, hold a glass of club soda, and I was going to shake every hand in the room. I was going to show up the next morning at their breakfast to meet everybody I didn't meet the night before and learn a little bit about them. If they wanted picture, picture-taking sessions, I was going to do that. If they wanted me to sit and sign a thousand books in a dank, dark little room in the hotel and do a pillow drop of books on every, every attendee's uh, pillow before they came back or when they came back from the reception the night before the speech, I would do it. I was going to turn everything into an event as opposed to a speech. And Let me tell you what the bottom line is, Dale. Uh, 2008, 2009, were the two biggest years I ever had because my my scenario planning was right. People were not going to be buying speeches. They were going to be buying valuable knowledge and valuable takeaways, but they were going to be buying events. And then number eight, so you've got all these great ideas that you come up with. I mean, during your time of working on your business, plan action on at least three ideas you come up with because reflection is only useful when it's followed by action. And so that was the last thing that I did. So now uh, before I take some questions we talk about it let me share with you three reasons why it's not why it's so dangerous not to work on your business number 1 there's no long term scenario planning no one is looking out for what could or should happen that's a potential disaster no one is looking at the big picture the entire focus is inside the walls of the business. And number three, no one is looking at how to leverage the business. So if you're not doing those three things, I mean, your business is very, very vulnerable. So that's kind of the story. Um, and uh, the rules that I applied to myself, and it was a rather remarkable result. So I, I jump can in. tell
1: by the, uh, the absolute enthusiasm in your voice, just how, Powerful It was for you. I get to thinking about that first point you made that you powered through. We are such a society of instant gratification that when the answer doesn't come immediately, i.e., I want to turn right there to my phone and get it on Google when it's easy to be distracted. And you said you just powered through it. And when that happened, you powered through it and you waited and you were patient through that process. Yeah. And it was driving
0: me crazy. Yeah, listen, it was driving me crazy. I'll let you in a little secret. Sometimes when I get writer's block, sometimes when I get stymied uh, and I don't know what to do, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go online and I'll play a quick game of backgammon. Uh So that backgammon is my video game of choice. I made a problem and I, and I don't do it often and I really try to govern it, but maybe, uh, you know, one, two or three minute game a day. And, and last week on that first day, I kept saying to myself, well, let's just play a couple of games of backgammon because no, no thoughts occurring right now anyway. And I, I thought, no, slap yourself in the face. You're not going to do that. That's not the promise you made. The first day was hell. I have no other word for it. Nothing was happening. And
1: now I look back and I know I just had to switch gears. And that idea of getting away plus no distractions is so important for this because they're, the distractions are lined up waiting for us. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. Yep. They're all hiding in the weeds and Easter bunny is all set to jump out at you and go, aha, gotcha. I mean, when you least expect it. And so the family was great. I mean, I had these eight hours of solitude every day. I mean, it was really wonderful.
1: Well, um, this was very helpful. Hopefully it, uh, it gets people thinking about ways that they can go out and start to work on their business.
0: (laughs) And you know what? I, you know I try to do an, a new undertaking every year, whether it's uh deciding I'm gonna meet somebody new every day for the year or whether it's gonna i a couple of years ago was to give somebody a heartfelt compliment every day and my promise to myself this year is and I understand I have the luxury of doing it, and some people don't um but I know it takes i won't say it's gonna take me five days again, but I know it's gonna take two or three uh and I'm gonna repeat this exercise a minimum of three times this year. It was just that good.
1: I, I, I can't not do that was something. Next question. This How often do you see yourself doing something this long and then shortening, yeah. shortening it down to maybe even a day, a quarter? I know we work in the business that I work in. We work to get the executive team away for three days, once a quarter to work on the business. Yep. Yep. I completely agree. So uh, anyway, it was great. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Any final words for us?
0: I do. I've got three. I've got three short little observations. Number one. So the first thing, when I got to Palm Springs, uh, I found a gym near me, uh, because as anybody who listens, uh, knows, um, I'm in the gym five or six days a week and have been for 35 years. So I went out and joined, uh, I got a week long membership to world's gym. Now, if you're not familiar with world's gym, world gym was founded by Joe gold during the glory days of muscle beach in Venice beach, California. Okay. So I walk in, I buy my one week membership and I go to the change room and I get in my gear. And I mean, I'm I'm in lots of gyms all around the world. And I went, oh my God, this is a real scary place. They probably had a hundred bikes and treadmills. There must have been a hundred and twenty-five or a hundred and fifty weightlifting stations. And everybody in there, uh, first of all, it was 90% male, 10% female. All the men in there had like a 32-inch waist but they had to have like a 50 inch chest and like 60 inch shoulders and biceps and triceps. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. I've never been so intimidated in my life. And I thought, you know what? I mean, any one of these dudes could pick me up and just toss me across the room. I mean it was hilarious after 35 years in a gym intimidated in a gym but but then the other thing I realized is uh, on the second day when I worked out I was doing chest and upper body the first day the next day I wanted to do legs they have no leg machines and you know why because everything is about building up your pecs and your biceps and your and your chest and your shoulders and your arms but, every, but other than that everybody's got little peg legs I mean it's 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 hilarious so 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 that's one observation the the, the second one is this I lost a speech last week, and that seldom happens, but I think you're going to dig the story. So we got a call from a speaking agency about a company that wanted to book a speech for me. Uh, They're based in Alaska. They wanted to book a speech with me in Southern California in, I think it was October, And, uh, the price was fine. The date was available. And so they put me on a telephone call or a telephone call got scheduled with the uh, two women uh, who are running this meeting. So we had uh, a delightful, a a delightful one hour conversation, Uh, just delightful. And I, I, I knew the gig was in the bag and, uh, and, and the speaking agent was on the line too. And at the end I said, now there's one thing that I haven't talked about. Can I take a moment and tell you how how I prepare for a speech and what I do. And they said, well, yes. I said, well, first of all, we would schedule a 90 minute conversation with the three of us. I would call that my discovery call to find out everything I can from you about the company, the event, the desired outcomes. Uh, it's, it's about 90 minutes. Then I would want to have a 60 minute call with the CEO because at the end of the day, he or she knows things that nobody else knows. They have an agenda of things they want to have accomplished that nobody else knows about. uh, And uh, they're the one who must be pleased. And so if they're pleased, then they're pleased with you. They're pleased with me. There's a big enough hero factor to go around. And I said, then I would want to do 12 conversations with 12 people that you select random people from the, the organization. And they said, well first of all the line went silent i thought maybe we'd been disconnected and uh, one woman finally said oh we've never done that i don't know that i don't know that we'd want to have that kind of preparation i mean we'd ra- really have to think long and hard i mean about doing all that work and having all that preparation done and so we wound up the conversation i knew i'd hear from the agent the next week or so and i walked downstairs and i said Out of 1,200 keynote speeches and these five or 600 half day and day long workshops around the world, I just lost my first one to people who don't want me to be prepared for the speech. (laughs) I'm still trying to wrap my
1: head around that one. Can you believe
0: it? Uh, so, so, so my, because anytime I tell people what I do to prepare for a speech, they go, oh, thank God. OMG. Nobody's ever done this before. This is going to be wonderful. The event's going to be fantastic. So about a week later, I, I got a text message from the speaking agency. He said, yes, they're going to go with somebody else because they didn't want to have all this preparation done. So, so I lost a speech. So how's that for making me humble? Because I prepare too much. And then the final one I'm going to leave you with, and this is going to be theater of the mind. As we packed the family in the SUV and decided to make the drive home back to the northern part of California, uh, we had to stop for breakfast someplace. And so I was the last one out after I paid the bill. And I was just walking out of the restaurant. There were two men coming in. And I would say mid 50s, early 60s, perhaps. And I held the door and they both said, Good morning. And uh, good morning. They were very friendly. And uh, as I turned to close the door, I realized that one of them had a shaven head. And from his forehead to his neck and from ear to ear on his bald head, he had a tattoo of a game of tic-tac-toe, a losing game of tic-tac-toe. And I, I, I thought all the way home, why would anybody do this? And if you were going to tattoo your entire head with a game of tic-tac-toe, would you at least want somebody to have won? What the hell is that all about? You should have asked. And so you that, that's the asked. story of just, I wonder. Okay. I wa- no, you no, survived, no. I couldn't go there. world, Gym. Uh, but that's the story. That. About, about oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so I, of course, thought about that. And by the way, I want to say one other thing to everybody. Uh, Because people listen from all over the world, like the summit is going to be attended by people from all over the world. And we talk about California, assuming that people know things, but nobody knows that much about California around the world. But it was an opportunity. From Los Angeles and Southern California to San Francisco and Northern California, it's called the Central Valley and the highway is I-5. There is also the Pacific Coast Highway that hugs the highway and you can take two or three days to drive and it's, it's fascinating. It's beautiful and it's wonderful, but I-5 goes right through the Central Valley and you drive through hundreds. This might not be for everybody. You drive through hundreds of miles of strawberries, of oranges, of pecans, of tomatoes, just hundreds of miles of budding trees and bumblebees and agriculture and and that's why they call it uh the fruit and vegetable basket of America, because that's where the fruit and vegetables come from to feed America. It was um um uh, uh, I don't know how you can like an eight-hour drive, and I loved it. I loved driving it, and I loved experiencing it. If anybody has a chance ever to drive I-5 from Southern California to Northern California to the Central Valley, what a ride. The immensity of all this, uh, of the, the bountiful crops of produce being produced was was just awe-inspiring.
1: Anyway, I've, got, I've, I've gone Sounds on too to long. I apologize. By the way, Jason will answer your email. you want to send him a quick note, Jason at jason com is the address. One more time: Jason at jason-jennings.com. Jason, I'm going to see you in just a little more than a month face-to-face. These conversations are always great. I'll remind our listeners that Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event as long as you're ready for the preparation. Visit his website jason-jennings.com This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at Jason. Dash Jennings.com.